magnify your name because Lord we believe that in this place you're going to do great and mighty things Lord we believe that in this place you are preparing us to turn the world upside down so Lord we ask that you would speak to me and speak through me Lord open our ears and our hearts that we might receive yeah. Your word. Your word, Lord. Yes. And we give you thanks. Thank you, Lord. For the victory you have given us in the strong name of your son, Jesus the Christ. Yeah. And all these and many more we ask in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I admit I was a little ecstatic. Yeah. Because we do know that we're in football season. Yeah. I happened to look at the schedule and I saw God has given us grace. Because the Cowboys have a late game today. So I ain't got to worry about you all pushing me because you want to see what the end will be. And just in case uh, some of you aren't Cowboys fans, let me make this declaration that none of those other teams matter. Grateful for this opportunity to come and to share with you. Like I said, I did not ask to preach this so with your comfortable pews and your air conditioning. It's going to be a task to make you all uncomfortable. But in the book of 2 Kings, the ninth chapter, verses 30 through 37, and then over in Hosea chapter 1, verse 4, in the first part of verse 4, I want to lift up for you from the New Living Translation. It says, when Jezebel, the queen mother, heard that Jehu had come to Jezreel, she painted her eyelids, fixed her hair, and sat at a window. When Jehu entered the gate of the palace, she shouted at him, Have you come in peace, you murderer? You're like Zimri, who murdered his master. Jehu looked up and saw her at the window and shouted, 
who was on my side? And two or three eunuchs looked out at him. Throw it down, she, Jehu yelled. And so they threw her out of the window, and her yeah. blood spattered against the, ho- against the wall and on the horses. Yeah. And Jehu trampled her body under his horse's hooves. Then Jehu went into the palace and ate and drank. And afterward he said, someone go and bury this cursed woman, for, he, for she is the daughter of a king. But when they went out to bury her, they only found her skull, her feet, and her hands. When they returned and told Jehu, he, he stated, this fulfills the message of the Lord, which he spoke through his servant Elijah from Tishbe at the plot of the land in Jezreel. Dogs will eat Jezebel's body. Her remains will be scattered like dung on the plot of the land in Jezreel so that no one will be able to recognize her. In the first part of Hosea chapter 1 verse 4 it says, and the Lord said he's talking to Hosea now. And the Lord said, Name the child Jezreel, for I am about to punish King Jehu's dynasty to avenge the murders he committed at Jezreel. Those of you who are standing, you may take your seats. Uh, I couldn't help but to wonder how you all responded to reading reading of scripture but I want to use tag these texts for our time together uh, this way there is blood on our hands there is blood on our hands I told you I couldn't help but to hear the way you all responded to the text reading because In our minds, we have developed an image of the one called Jezebel. In our minds, she is an over-sexualized woman. A a woman who causes men to go astray. In our minds, we believe that she is a scandalous woman. When we talk about the bad girls of the Bible, I don't believe there's a woman that surpasses Jezebel. But can I reintroduce Jezebel to you today? Yes, sir. You see, I I, I want to suggest that Jezebel is the kind of woman that every man would say they would want in their lives. And here's why Jezebel is a ride or die chick. Y'all heard the phrase, ride or die. There's no other ride or die chick. Like Jezebel, you see, when because when a man, Ahab, was pouting. Said I wanted this plot of land and I I couldn't get it. It was Jezebel who got it for him. She's a ride or die. Chick. She's the kind of woman that most women try to in this day emulate even though they don't know it. They're trying to be like Jezebel. I know you're still thinking that Jezebel is such a wicked woman. 
But I would suggest that if you take some time, you, Jezebel might be more familiar to you than you think. I want to suggest to you that if you looked in the mirror long enough, you might just see Jezebel. I, I want to suggest to you that if, if you just sat in your seat and paid attention to the one who's in your seat, you might find Jezebel. So I come today because this text raises a problem because we put so much weight on the character of Jezebel. We want to suggest that Jezebel led, led Ahab astray. But I want to invite you to read your Bible because from the very time that Israel separated from Judah after the death of Solomon, Israel began to engage in idolatry. They, they were engaging in idolatry long before Jezebel came along. But it's strange to me that these writers place on Jezebel all the blame. But then I thought about how we are uh, church folk do. When we get to talking about it's in the word. You see we try to use the word of God to invoke condemnation rather than try to stimulate conviction. We try to use the word of God in ways that make us feel good. You would remember I told you that from the time that Jeroboam and Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, parted ways and Jeroboam took t 10 of the 12 tribes. He began to build, construct two golden calves, one in Bethel and one in Dan and said, lest they go back to Jerusalem. Let me use my religious influence to hold my power. Let me use my religious influence to control the people because if they go back to God, they just might leave me. So we blame Jezebel for idolatry. But a whole lot of folk try to use this thing called God, this word of God in order to try to control folk. If they get something outside of what's here, if they get in contact with God, they just might be fed up with the mess they see going on around here. Y'all looking at me like you need some backup. So, so if you really read this text, you'll find that Jehu killed the lion of Ahab. He had no problem killing the lion of Ahab. He has no problem killing Jezebel. He has no problem killing the prophets of Baal, but when it comes to getting the folk back to God, he would not deal with the golden calves that Jeroboam has set up. He, he halfway applied God's word to his situation. I, I stopped by because many of us have this selective application mentality that God's word applies here but not there. We, we have a concept in our minds that, 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 that the word of God condemns folk that don't come to our church. But, but we're silent about what the word of God has to say about the folk in our churches who are constantly lying and cheating. That There's blood on our hand. We talk about God and the word of God being against abortion and being pro-life but then we're silent about those systems and those policies that keep devaluing life. There's blood on our hand. 
We use God's word to condemn alcoholics and drug addicts, but then we're silent about those situations of poverty that cause addiction. Yes, There's blood on our hands. I, I think I'm about to say something that makes some folk mad, so this is the first thing that you forgive your pastor for because he didn't know. But some of us use the word of God to condemn folk who love people like themselves. But, but, but the same law that talks about homosexuality also talks about you don't need your catfish dinners. It also says you, you need to leave that pork chop alone. We, we're silent. About the word of God talking about that. There's blood on our hands. There's blood on our hands because we have this way of walking past folk who are dying on the streets. Read, read the text. Jezebel is on the street dying. Jehu tramples her with, his, with her horse's hooves. He goes to eat and to drink, trampling over the body of Jezebel. Yeah. Those of you who've been watching the news know that Amber Geiger is on trial, and on the first day of her trial, I sat in the courtroom when the prosecutor began to talk about her text messages. Yeah. And there was this, this disturbing reality that while she was on the call with 911, while Botham Jean still had life, but he was dying. She was out texting. Well, problematic. That while a man was dying, she was so occupied that she could be texting and not just texting anybody. She was texting a man, her married lover that wasn't married to her, that she had been sending sexual text messages to all day long. But Amber Geiger isn't the only one who's been guilty of letting folk die. Going on about the merry ways. You, you see, we come to choir rehearsal. Passing dead folk. We come to Sunday school. Walking over dead folk. We, we come to worship service. Walking over dead folk. We're so caught up in what we doing here. Yes. And we hadn't noticed that folk are dying yes. in the streets. Yes. There, there's a problem. Because Jehu, according to the text, yeah. is doing what the word of God says he ought to do. Yes. But then Hosea comes back yeah. and says God has to pay Jehu back. For the blood he shed in Jezreel. What I, what, what I want you to know today is that this over-sexualized Jezebel is defended by the son of a harlot. Because in the process of following God's word, we make some unholy alliances. I know some of you in the room weren't among those groups that said uh, 45 was God's man. It's problematic to me that religious folk can talk about a bigot who has no problem grabbing women in their crotch and call him God's man simply because he they think he's gonna do what they want him to do. The problem that we have is that 
Many times we make unholy alliances in order to consolidate our power. Tech says something else that's problematic. Let's see. Take your time, preacher. Something else that's disturbing. Jezebel, indeed, the word of God said, Elijah said she, the, her blood would fall in that very place. But as Jehu asked, who's on my side? Yeah, He trusts men with no balls to execute the word of God. Mama. Now, now, now I know you losing your sanctified imagination here. But read the text. When he asked the question, who's on my side? The text says two or three eunuchs. Y'all know what a eunuch is. A man who castrated himself or allowed himself to be castrated simply for the sake of being in a place of power. You see, they couldn't be serving where they were serving. Unless they were willing to be castrated. And there are a lot of folk handling the word of God who have castrated themselves. Then we look around the church and, and we wonder why aren't why isn't our church grown? Well, castrated men handling the word of God. Castrated men. Dictating what the word of God has to say about folk. But if you know something about reproduction, you know castrated men don't have the equipment necessary to make babies. Well, in our churches, there are some folk who simply do not have the equipment necessary to make disciples because they've allowed themselves to be castrated. For the sake of opportunity. So here we are. Here we are. At a place where we're struggling with what God said. I I came to disturb you today because just because God said it, this narrative would suggest that it does not have to go down. The way God said it. Yeah. My Lord. That's problematic. That's troubling for us. Yes, sir. Because we come to believe that everything God says uh-huh. has to happen. But when you know God says more for, for an opportunity to repent, uh-huh. yes, then God says to condemn folk. I got to let you know once again who Jezebel was. Well, she was a Phoenician woman, a bride of Ahab. She was not an Israelite. She did not know the God of Israel. She becomes integrated into the community of Israel, not having known the God of Israel. But Jezebel's problem is that so many folk in the tribe of Israel are already engaged in idolatry. That that, that Jezebel just simply thinks the God of Israel is another God. (laughs) There's too many of us that act like we're lined up with God. But in actuality, God is just another one of our gods. And so God uses this text in Jezebel to show us how to respond when the word of God 
is on our life. You find in the text that Jezebel, when she hears that Jehu is coming, she puts on her makeup. Yeah. Does her hair. Look, look, look. And looks out the window. Mm. I, I, I'm speculating here because I'm not a woman. I hear you preach out. But I am a man. Yeah, yeah. And what I seem to notice sometimes is that no woman uh-huh. would present herself unready. She would take the time to make sure her face looks right. She'd take the time to make sure her hair is done. In fact, I've been a man that stopped by a house. Yeah. Unexpected. Uh-huh. And the sister made me wait because she didn't want me to see her without her face made up, uh-huh. without her hair done. Uh-huh. She made me sit outside and wait. Well. But Jezebel hears that Jehu is coming her way. Uh-huh. And so she makes sure that she's ready, ready. to meet him. Ready. But there's something in this text that you ought to catch. She comes and Jehu shows up. Yeah. And she, Jezebel, the Phoenician woman who was integrated into the tribe of Israel, learning the history of Israel, said, you're just like Zimri. Well, just like. Who who killed his master. Mm -hmm. Jezebel already served him notice. Uh Uh-huh. Because if you go back in 1 Kings and you read about Zimri, Zimri also held a coup. But his reign only lasted seven days. Jehu had forgotten what we have learned to sing about. Only what you do for Christ will last. He tried to get it his own way. But Jezebel let him know, let him know that if you're not doing it for God, yeah. it ain't gonna last. gonna last. I stopped by because we're doing a whole lot of things. But we're not doing it. God. Yeah. Narrative of Jezebel lets us know that there's an awareness of who we are in God. Uh-huh. The text celebrates Jezebel. Let me let me show you how the text. Celebrates Jezebel. She is thrown out of a window. Her blood is spread across the wall and on the horse. She's dying in the street. But Jehu contradicts himself. He he says, "Go bury that cursed woman." Yeah, go bury. Come here for a minute. Because she is the is the daughter of a king. The folk we're walking over, the folk we're walking past, we get caught up in who they are. We get caught up in how we identify them. We get caught up in that description of being cursed. But Jehu says it's not because of who she is, but because of who her daddy is. Come on closer. There are a whole lot of us who if it were not for the fact that our daddy sits high 
and look slow. There's a whole lot of us. If it wasn't for the fact that our father is rich in houses and land, there'd be a whole lot of us. That if it wasn't for the fact of who our daddy is, folk can call our record. Folks can say that we are condemned. Yeah. Folk can talk about all we used to do. Yeah. Folk can talk about everywhere we used to go. But because of who our daddy is, yeah. Yeah. we deserve to be treated with dignity. Because of who our daddy is, we deserve to be treated with respect. Because of who our daddy is. It doesn't matter who we used to be. Talk. Let me tell you this point. Jezreel means God soul. And the blood of Jezebel is splattered in Jezreel. Uh-huh. But the text says her, her body shall be like dumb. Like dumb. Uh-huh. Right. Make it plain. So what the text suggests to us is that when God's word consumes our flesh, that there's an appearance of growth. There's a signs of growth. Y'all don't know what dung is? Dung is fertilizer. Uh-huh. Dung is what is sown in soil. Uh-huh. So that, 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 that agriculture can grow. Yeah. Uh-huh. Somebody says if there's a place that has not been dung, uh-huh. there will be no growth. Uh-huh. But let me tell you something that Jezebel had that we need to learn. You see, Jezebel made a mess. Mess. In Jezreel. Yeah. I told you she was a ride or die chick. Yes, she was. And when Naboth wouldn't give Ahab her his vineyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jezebel caused the blood of Naboth to be spilled. Yeah. In, in Jezreel. You're right. What Jezebel's story goes to show us is that a whole lot of us uh. have tried to manipulate circumstances. A whole lot of us have tried to take things into our own hands. Yeah. Only to discover we made a mess. We made a mess. Yeah. Some of us, like my son that makes messes and try to hide. Uh-huh. Close the door and hope no one sees them. Uh-huh. But I stopped by because we've all made messes. And that is according to the word of God. We've all made messes. Because the word of God says all have seen. Not some folk. Not them folk out there. But all have seen. And fallen short of the glory of God. We've got to realize that we've all made messes. And when we realize that we've all made messes, we try our best 
to clean it up. But I stopped by because we realized that we can't clean it all by ourselves. Y'all know the bounty commercial is the quicker picker up. But there's some messes that bounty can't deal with. There's some messes in our lives that we've made that the more we scrub, the messier it gets. And I know you're wondering, why is it that I can't clean this thing up all by myself? I made my bed. But why can't I make it by myself? Prophet Isaiah says, all our righteousness is but as filthy rags. And I don't know about you, but if you've ever tried to clean a mess with a filthy rag, it didn't do anything but spread the mess further. And a whole lot of us sitting in the church that's trying to do it all by ourselves from the moment we join the church it stopped being about Jesus and what he's done for us it stopped being about God's grace and mercy in our lives and it started being about what we're doing we're in the church every time the doors are open it's about what we're doing we live in a way that can't be despised. We, it's all about what we're doing. We're trying to clean up our message. Oh, by ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Can't do it. It's a struggle. Yes, sir. Trying to clean up our own message. There's something I like in this particular text. Yes, sir. Something that we might be inclined to read over. Uh-huh. The text says that because this is what God has said, yes, sir. nobody will be able to tell Jezebel uh-huh. by her remains. Yeah, yeah. Some of y'all don't know how good God is. Yeah. Because if folk knew my story, uh-huh. if folk knew your story yeah. and were able to identify you by all the mistakes yeah. and all the messes yeah. you've made, you wouldn't know how to keep your mind. Uh-huh. But I've come to learn in this text that God specializes in rewriting stories with scandalous character. Yeah. Jezebel was scandalous unlike any other. Uh-huh. But the Bible is full of other scandalous characters who became something else when God rewrote that story. Y'all know Abraham? He was a liar. Uh Went down to Egypt and said, Sarah's my sister. My wife, my sister instead of my wife. He was a liar. But God made him the father of the faithful uh-huh. because God rewrote his story. Yeah. Y'all know Moses, uh-huh. the baby that was left in the Nile River, yeah. grew up and 
Pharaoh's house, eating bread from Pharaoh's table. But Moses was a coward. But God made him a courageous freedom fighter. When God rewrote his story. It's not just for men. Y'all know Rahab? She was a prostitute. Promiscuous woman who laid down for opportunity with men. But when God rewrote her story, she became a matriarch in God's plan of salvation. I want to let you know what happens when God rewrites the story of scandalous characters. I suggest that there was none scandalous like David who was a murdering yeah. I know y'all want to call him an adulterer, but he raped. Yeah. She, but he was a murderer. Yeah. Talk, rape. Talk. But when God rewrote his story, uh-huh. he became a dispenser of the mercies of God. Uh, yeah. Mama. Then there's Paul. Y'all know Paul? Yeah, yeah. A Hebrew. Uh-huh. Of Hebrew. Yeah. Circumcised the eighth day uh-huh. of the stock. Of Benjamin, a uh, uh, Pharisee by denomination. Y'all, y'all know Paul, a persecutor of the church. He held the coat of Stephen while while they stoned him to death. He had papers persecuting Christians. But when God rewrote his story, he became a prolific preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But these aren't the only ones. Because the Bible says in such were you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before you get ready to turn your nose up, you got to remember that such were you. But when God dealt with you, he cleaned you up, turned you around, set your feet on solid ground. You were in the same boat. But when God dealt with you, y'all had the record. Paul said that while we were sinners, y'all missed that. While we were sinners, not when we came out of sin, not when we turned sin around, but while we were sinners. I told you there's some message that we can't clean up. And while we were yet sinners, in due time, Christ died. He died for the ungodly. In case you don't know the name of the ungodly, put your name in that text. It says, but God showed his great love toward us. That while I was a sinner, in due time, he died for me. So I find myself today singing, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. We came in. Blood on our hands. We came in with blood on our hands. 
but we need to leave with blood on our hearts. Because when we know that he died for us, we can look at somebody else. The same folk we're walking by dying on the street. Find ourselves on a hill far away. Stood an old rugged cross. The emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross. Where the dearest and best for a world. Y'all missed that. For a world of lost sinners is slain. I know we like to think that he died for those who are in the church. But if you go back and read John 3.16 it says for God so loved the world. It doesn't say that God so loved the church. But he loved the world that on a hill called Calvary he hung let him die for the world he said if I be lifted up I'll draw all men unto me not just those who walk down the aisles but if I be lifted up I'll draw all men unto me that cross that the hymn writer says it was at the cross where I first saw the light. Some of you forgot the first time you realized it was for you that he died. When I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart rolled away. But it was there by faith I received my sight and now I'm happy all the day he died for the whole world but I'm so glad that ain't the end of the story because early Sunday morning before the deal was off the ground early Sunday morning when the rooster was still asleep. Early. God can rewrite your story because he got up from the grave said all power in heaven and earth in my hand. Songwriter said because he lives I can face tomorrow because he lives all fear is gone because I know who holds the future and life is worth living there's blood on my heart because like David I realized that I was shaped in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me so I come today to say like David Lord created me a new heart and renew a right spirit within me 
But I'm glad that David didn't stop with him because he said, Lord, when you deal with me, then I'll tell transgressors. I'm glad David didn't stop when God dealt with him. But he realized that there were folk all around him who like him had blood on their hands. So David said, you're not just my personal Savior. You are the Savior. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost. But now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. If God has been so good to you to redeem you in the, from the mess you were in, to clean up the mess you couldn't clean up, watch yourself on what you talk about who's lost. Watch yourself. When you say the same God that saved you can't save the drug addict, can't save the prostitute, can't save the homosexual, can't save the gambler, can't save the liar. Watch yourself. Because the same God that saved you. Paul said if he could save me. The chief of sinners. Yeah. Then I'm persuaded uh-huh. that God can save anybody. I said that we came in here having church, ready to have church. Leave here ready to be the church. Because the God we serve can save anybody. And I know He can because He saved me. I know he can, but he saved some of you. Come on, you can do better than that for the word of God.